Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody. It's Julie, and I'm so glad you're here on the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we have fun talking about crunchy granola living and all things green and growing that God gave us. And today, we're going to be talking about help with seasonal allergies. I'm not going to be getting in too much with the herbs and essential oils just yet. We are going to be talking about some other things that anybody and everybody can do that don't really require a lot of special knowledge or purchases. So before we get going, I just want to say special thanks to Julie Naturally, the sponsor of today's show. You can visit julienaturally.com to get your uh, healthy habits tracker. Just click on the holistic health button right there on the homepage and uh, you can get that. Or you can try the five-day mini health course that's also there. Um, Check that out. So let's get started with the helps for seasonal allergies. So... Um, As I shared in the last episode, seasonal allergies have been kind of a big deal for me and my family. Uh, In addition to working on diet that I talked about last time, uh, we have also done some other things within our home to improve the symptoms that we experience. So you do the diet thing to help address what's going on on the inside, and you do these environmental things on the outside to reduce the exposure to the allergens and to kind of clean them out of your system. So the first thing we're going to talk about are air filters. So you can uh, keep your windows closed in the summer. I know I hate that idea myself. I just love the breeze blowing in and the the smells and the just getting that fresh air circulating. But in the spring and early summer, that can really spell bad news for seasonal allergy sufferers because all that pollen and everything that's blowing around can blow in through those open windows. And we don't want that to happen because once it's inside the house, it's really hard to get rid of. I mean, you gotta be cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. It's, it's really hard to get rid of all of that stuff. Um, and it's very time consuming to be doing the cleaning all the time, uh, even when your house looks immaculate. And it could have just been resolved by keeping the windows closed and using the air conditioner instead, perhaps on a hot day. So that is one thing. So you keep your windows closed, and it's very easy, and anybody can do that. Uh, But in conjunction with that, using air filters in the main rooms where you tend to congregate a lot, in bedrooms especially, it's important. Um, Then also maybe in the kitchen or the living room or wherever you spend most of your time, 
Some people even install a full house air filter that is attached to their uh, heating and air conditioning uh, unit in their, uh, in their home. And then it just filters the air as it circulates through the house. And that works too. It's very expensive to do that, but it's a one-time investment and it handles the issue instead of buying all these separate air filtration units and then having to buy new filters. Um, we did find some air filters, air room filters, uh, that you could vacuum out the filter part and didn't have to keep buying new um, filters that you insert into the machines. And that's very helpful. So if you can find something like that, that can help economically uh, so it's not such a an expense. Um, but those air filters, make sure they're HEPA filters so that it gets things that are really tiny out of the air. So not just uh, the pollen grains, but also smaller things. It can help with viruses and bacteria. It can help with the molds in the air. It can help with dust, uh, all of those kinds of things. And it's very helpful uh, overall for good health practices. So the, the next thing, I, I just want to say in addition to the filters for room uh, filtration, also on your vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner needs to have the HEPA filter also because the rugs, of course, just get full of all of those allergens. So just want to make sure I include that note. And thinking about carpets holding all those allergens, imagine your furniture, all those nice fluffy cushions and pillows and stuffed animals and other soft things. Uh, they all collect dust, pollen, molds, all of those things that just float in the air in the house. They collect all those things. And how often do we throw them in the washing machine or think to vacuum our couches? I don't know about you, but vacuuming the couch? Like, you know, vacuuming the rugs, yes, but vacuuming the couch? Well, it attracts all those things just as much as the carpet does. And keeping the the beds clean too, all those nice cushy, you know, um, pillows and blankets and all that, those things can also hold some of those allergens uh, in addition to, you know, body sweat and, and um, other, you know, if you are sick or things like that. So in um, the mucus and things, um, we won't talk anymore about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, it's a good idea to either try to reduce the amount of soft, fuzzy kinds of furnishings that you have in your home, if possible. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you move or rip out your carpeting or anything like that. But if you, in ways that you can, trying to reduce the amount of uh, those cushy things, especially in the bedrooms where people are lying there for eight, nine, ten hours of the day 
and just breathing in whatever's in the room. So we want to make sure that that environment is as allergen-free as possible. So that is a really important area to make sure that we provide a lot of relief so it becomes a haven for you and for your children so that they, they have someplace to go where there's not so much of the sneezing and the, the itchy eyes and um, even sometimes an itchy throat and itchy ears and it's just so miserable. So they have some place where they can go and have a bit of a respite from all of that. So we want to make sure that those are like a sanctuary. Um, so if you can do that and vacuum and clean very often, especially in those areas. But the high traffic areas, of course, are super important with that. Sometimes you may need to even consider using a shampoo carpet cleaner, um, even on your couches. That can be a great help to really getting in there deeply and sucking all of that uh, pollen and, and stuff out. And, and pet dander, that can even be uh, a big allergy problem. Um, the next thing is using steam. And what I mean by that is uh, neti pots and salt inhalers. And I mentioned them both because uh, the neti pot is hard for some people to use. Now, if you're not familiar with a neti pot, it looks like a little genie lamp. It's like a little ceramic genie lamp. It really does. I, I, it, it's, really, it's really fun because it, it looks like that and it has a, the spout is shaped uh, just right so that um, it will fit inside your nostril. And um, so the, it comes with directions that tell you how much salt, and you have to use a certain kind of salt, and um, how much water, what the proportions are. But you pretty much, you're, you're tilting your head so that when you pour the warm water from the neti pot through one nostril, it comes out the other nostril. So it's really important to make sure that the head is tilted just right so that the water doesn't go down your throat. But that's hard for children to do. And it's hard for some adults to do. And it can be kind of uncomfortable, I have to say. It, it, it takes some getting used to. And if your nose is really plugged up, like the water doesn't come out. And you have to like really use some force to blow all of the... Um, mucus out that is accumulating there even with all that warm salt water trying to thin it out and wash it out but a neti pot can be very helpful in cleaning out all of those allergens that have been breathed in but it does have to be done fairly frequently um, so it is best used in conjunction with some of those other things so that you reduce the exposure in the first place and then whatever is getting in there, is, you can rinse it out and it can provide some temporary relief. Now the salt inhaler is much easier for children to use, much easier. And both of these methods are safe for kids to use as long as they're old enough to tilt the neti pot. But even a salt inhaler can be used by children as young as probably about three years old 
Uh, they just have to understand that um, when they put their mouth on the salt inhaler, so let me just first tell you about this device because it also is ceramic and it also contains salt, Himalayan uh, pink salt in the bottom of it. But it's very important not to get any moisture inside of the inhaler. So you can look this up on Amazon. It's a salt inhaler. Um, it has a little spout, so it's ceramic. It, it looks like um, like a little jar with a spout coming off the top. It's curved up with a small hole in the top, and that's where you put your mouth. So you put your mouth in the spout, and you breathe in through your mouth and out through your nose so that the salty air comes in and goes into your lungs and into your your whole uh, nas nasal cavity there and then you're breathing it out and you do that for about 10 minutes usually people start with about five minutes or so because they start to it starts to affect them a little bit and and, it, and it, when you're getting used to it it can be a little bit uncomfortable um, again kind of like the neti pot but uh, once you get used to it you can do that a few times a day for about 10 minutes each time and that too helps to clear out uh, impurities in in the lungs and in the nasal uh, area so that too can be helpful and is easier for children to do so um, I just want to make sure that you know about that because not everybody has ever even heard of a salt inhaler. So there is that. Um, something else that a lot of people find helpful. Uh, personally, I have not found it to be helpful, but that my experience is not necessarily everyone's experience. But there are a lot of people that swear by locally grown, um, locally harvested, I should say, um, honey and bee pollen. And the idea is, is that, well, the honey is made from local flowers that uh, you might have an allergy to. And the bees are making the honey from that. And so if you start eating the honey before uh, the allergy season starts, so it would almost have to be honey made you know, and stored from maybe the previous season or like very early in the allergy season because for your body to get used to the uh, microscopic, I mean, amounts of uh, pollens and things that might still be left in the honey, you would have to be having that before the allergy season started. But some people do find that that's very helpful. Um, it, I would suggest that it be used in conjunction with some other things. And remember, do not give honey to children under the age of one because it can contain spores. And um, some little babies can't handle that. Uh, but it's a nice thing to try, especially with children who have allergies because, of course, it's you know very palatable to kids. Um, so, you know, try, give it a try and see if it works, if it helps you. Uh, a couple other things uh, I would suggest is quercetin. Now, quercetin is a supplement and it's often paired with herbs, but it can be, you can get it by itself. 
it acts as an antihistamine in your body and um, can be, be very helpful in preventing you from getting all sneezy in the first place. But start, if you're going to use that, start using it at the very beginning of the allergy season, not after you're already really bad with the symptoms. Start early, uh, and that's when it's the most effective. Um, it, it's very helpful. And the last thing I would suggest are probiotics. Now, probiotics are not necessarily effective on their own. They work in conjunction with diet because one of the problems is that uh, in addition to some foods causing damage in the gut lining, you also have issues with candida, which is a mold. It's, it's a fungus. Mold is a fungus. And so it that too can make uh, holes or damage your gut lining and contribute to seasonal allergies. And also, um, you know, as I said, because it's a mold itself, it, your body becomes very sensitized to that. And so taking the probiotics can help to rebalance your gut flora, all the bacteria in your gut. It can help to bring about a better balance of good bacteria in there that can help you combat the overgrowth of candida along with diet changes. So again, that's it. it's not a necessarily super effective as a single remedy per se on its own, but it can help speed up uh, the effectiveness of dietary changes and maybe using honey and some other things. Um, and you can give it to children in small amounts and it can be very helpful to them also when they are struggling with seasonal allergies along with a more comprehensive uh, plan of attack. Um, that's what I have for today about some other helps for seasonal allergies. Next week, we're going to get into more of the natural remedies, the essential oils and herbs that we can use to disinfect the home and to affect change within our bodies directly. So hold on for that next week. And don't forget to get on over to julienaturally.com and get your uh, free healthy habits tracker or try out the mini health health and wellness course uh, you can also connect with me on facebook at julie naturally and we will see you next week thank you for listening to my podcast show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.